Welcome back to Historical Context. Today, we're shifting gears in our colonization of New England unit, and we're talking about the third colony to be founded. So we have Virginia first, Massachusetts second, today, New Hampshire being the third colony. And while the Plymouth colony was working on its economic sustainability, opportunity was driving Englishmen into the area we know as New Hampshire. In 1621, a captain by the name of John Mason had just returned home to England after a campaign to fight piracy off the coast of Nova Scotia. Around the same time the Council of New England was forming, mainly through the work of Sir Fernando Gorgias, and that gorgeous last name may sound familiar. It has appeared in previous episodes related to Plymouth, but the gorgeous we were talking about before was Fernando's son, Robert. So now we're talking about Robert's father. The Council of New England sounds like a new name, but it is actually the revived Plymouth Company under new leadership and a new brand. So in 1622, Captain John Mason and uh, Sir Gorgeous receive a land patent for all of the lands between the Merrimack and Kennebec rivers. And that includes portions of modern-day Maine and New Hampshire. So we've got these two men with their land patents. How are they going to colonize this area? Enter David Thompson. Now, not too terribly much is known about him, other than prior to 1622, he had experience with various expeditions in this area. Thompson is named in the 1622 patent, charged with taking men and settling 6,000 acres in a new colony. The patent went into further detail. Let's have a look. Adjoining these buildings, there shall be allotted before the end of five years, 600 acres of land, which with all the buildings and everything appertaining to them, shall at the end of said five years be divided equally between all the parties, and all the charges for building, planting, and husbanding, and during that time shall be equally borne by all. The residue of the 6,000 acres to be also divided in a convenient time between the parties into four parts, whereof Thompson is to have three-fourths and the other three parties one-fourth. So Thompson is charged with physically going and settling this colony and is set to make 75% of the land division after five years. Quite a payday. The patent went on to state that all profits generated over the next five years were to be divided equally. In the spring of 1623, Thompson crosses the Atlantic with a handful of settlers and his family, and he ends up on the west side of the Piscataqua River. 
and he calls the settlement Little Harbor. In other historical records, it is called Panaway. This is located in present-day Rye, New Hampshire. In the same year, a fortification is built in modern-day Newcastle, New Hampshire. Also in 1623, brothers William and Edward Hilton settle a plantation in modern-day Dover, New Hampshire. In fact, if you've ever visited Hilton Park at Dover Point, the namesake comes from these brothers, and that's been almost 400 years ago. The purpose of colonizing this area was because it was rich in fishing, furs, and timber, but the minutes of the council primarily mentioned fishing, and that was what Thompson particularly went over for. Unfortunately, none of these people were writers, so their happenings and experiences at these locations are greatly unknown. But there are some indirect inferences that we can take from the historical record. In fact, in Bradford's In Plymouth Plantation and Edward Winslow's Good News from New England, each mention Thompson and the colonization of the area in their notes, albeit briefly. Christopher Levitt was a visitor of the area and wrote about it, but he basically wrote it as a travel journal, only noting where he was and no general observations or experiences in the area. Captain John Smith, now that's an old face from the podcast, also mentions Thompson and the start of the New Hampshire colony in his writings, but does not go beyond what we have already discussed. So it's interesting that Smith, Bradford, and a couple other people are all writing about the exact same thing. So I think it's safe to assume that there were Englishmen in New Hampshire in 1623, even though we're not hearing directly from those people. But the fact that writings from New Hampshire do not exist shouldn't really surprise us. These colonies were set up as trading posts to be minimally populated, and the focus was on gathering resources for trade. Each of these places only held a few people, unlike the 100 we had at Plymouth, and even more in the hundreds at Jamestown. Thompson, who we're beginning to see as a man of mystery when you look at him, uh, cumulatively in history, presumably stays in New Hampshire until the year 1626. There, Bradford notes in his writings that Thompson had taken possession of an island in the harbor and was, quote, erecting habitation there. So if you live in the Boston area and you're familiar with Thompson's Island, that's where the name comes from. And so Thompson, clearly not finding success in New Hampshire, has now moved down to Massachusetts. Now here's where the mystery deepens. In 1628, Bradford writes that Thompson died, but nobody was really sure how or where he was. While Thompson's disappearance is a mystery, it's likely that he died on a failed 
fishing expedition. If you think about it, in that time, people were coming and going, and there were a lot of storms and a lot of accidents. It appears as if the Thompson colony in New Hampshire was abandoned, although proof of success or abandonment really hasn't been discovered. The Hilton brothers, on the other hand, who settled in Dover, did have success. And today, Dover, New Hampshire claims itself to be the oldest city in New Hampshire. In fact, it could be argued that the Hilton brothers were America's first frontiersmen, since their predecessors in different frontier-like environments were all unsuccessful. And quite frankly, you know, one could argue that considering they didn't come over with a hundred people like Jamestown and Plymouth and they did this, they bootstrapped this uh, colony basically on their own. In 1629, it was agreed that the 1622 patent between Gorgeous and Captain Mason needed to be split. Captain Mason took the southern half of that split and since he was from Hampshire, England, it was named New Hampshire. So that's how New Hampshire got its name. And unfortunately, with these trading posts and, and small settlements, we don't really have any other writings into the early days of New Hampshire. But I think it's important for viewers to recognize and understand that the colony did get its start in the 1620s and then it was set up primarily for uh, trading fur and fishing through uh, posts, not through larger cities. So now that New Hampshire has been colonized, what next of New England? Well, next week we're going to go back to Plymouth and learn about the first people to get banished next time on Historical Context.